altered. There is magic in the mundane, bliss in the banal. The day is your dharma. I'm your host, Amaryllis, Ayurvedic health counselor, yogini, and Akashic Records reader. And this is your life, Altered. Hello and welcome everyone back to the Altered podcast. I'm going to be talking today about being at the altar of your own inner knowing. It's a subject that I see come up so much and I've even had my own experiences with this. So it felt like a really good place to start. I like to use that phrase, at the altar of fill in the blank, at the altar of water, at the altar of fall, at the altar of my kitchen. And I encourage that mindset shift, that different parts of your day, different parts of your life, different parts of the year and the seasons, anything can be at the altar of. Before we get into this, I wanted to share a little bit about what happened this week. Some of you may have seen this on the stories and a post on Instagram. We had the full moon this past week, the first one of 2021. It was beautiful. Didn't get to see much of it. I'm in the Pacific Northwest in Portland, Oregon, lots of cloud cover, but that's all right. I know that the energy of the full moon is still there. I have a couple of practices that I do monthly on the full moon. One is to celebrate what has come to fruition, what was cultivated months before, or maybe just in this new cycle of the new moon that has come about, that has manifested and is now here in my life, what has been cultivated and created and now is in my lived experience even if it's just a process, like it's getting started, whereas before it didn't exist at all, that's still something I celebrate. But primarily, my practice is about releasing. On the full moon, I like to think about and review what needs to be released and let go. This is because we're entering the next phase of the moon where it's waning until we get to the new moon. So during these next couple of weeks, it's a process of letting go, letting go, letting go. And on the full moon, I set the intention of what it is that needs to be released and let go. This is part of my process of having an altered life is that it's not just about, yay, it's a full moon, oh, it's a new moon, but how can I work with these energies intentionally, consciously, to make change and shifts in my own life. For this full moon, I wanted to bring in a practice that I've been doing in my personal work with ancestral healing rituals, where what needs to be released is spoken into a stone, so that the stone then carries that. I then engage in a water ritual. And so in this case, and what I had done before was go out to the ocean and I have a ritual around it, of course, calling in the element of water and asking for permission, making offerings in order to do this ritual. I definitely don't just go out there and and have this um, attitude of dumping my stuff into the ocean with complete disregard for the fact that it's it's my emotions being tossed out there, my things that need to be released in the stones and just 
dumping it into the ocean. There's a lot of ritual and reverence and recognition of a relationship that I'm out there asking the ocean to receive this, to take this, to help me release this and wash it away. So I go out there with my stuff, you know, offerings could be anything from songs to flower petals, and then I'll toss these stones into the ocean. I end the ritual by giving much gratitude, much thanks, more offerings, and I trust that it is done, that it is being released. Of course, I also get that I can't just (laughs) speak into a stone and toss into the ocean and expect that it's done in my life. I also acknowledge that there's a personal responsibility that I have to shift things in my own life, but there's also an aspect of it, an energetic aspect that I'm asking the ocean to help me wash away, take away. Not so much to do it for me, but to assist me with this. So I've done that with my ancestral healing work And I thought, this would be perfect for the full moon. I haven't done this before. My daughter was with me. We took a drive out to the Oregon coast. It was a clear but cloudy, wintry day. And I thought, well, she can be part of this too. She can engage in this in her own way. So I told her what I was doing. She picked up stones and kind of looked at me like, well, what do I say? I was like, whatever it is that you would like to release, speak it into the stone, and then we'll toss them out into the ocean. She was part of this process with me, and it was really beautiful, and I let her do her own thing. I told her what I was doing, definitely made sure that she understood that I was greeting and welcoming the ocean, giving gratitude afterwards, and that this was part of a process to help me release things. I think she enjoyed it. I think she really enjoyed throwing the stones into the ocean. (laughs) But it was just nice to have her there and have her engage in the ritual in her own way, uh, doing her thing. The main part was that I wanted to be out by the ocean and doing this for the full moon and this full moon release. And it felt really good and felt very aligned and beautiful. Being around the ocean in general is therapeutic. And I never would have thought that I'd enjoy being at this cold, gray beach I've been living in this Portland area for uh, 11 years now, and I think this year, in December, it's been the first time that I've ever gone to the coast during the winter, because I never imagined that it could be a good experience. Boy, was I wrong. Not only is it just good, it's a magical experience. There's really a different energy out on the coast and amongst the rock and the old growth forest. It's really something special. I wanted to share that ritual with you if that's something that you would like to bring into your own practice. And it doesn't have to be by the ocean. It could be a stream near your home. It could even be intentionally done in the shower, calling in the element of water to help me wash away and release these things. We don't have to make it big or complicated. For me personally, it's the way I motivate myself to make that drive out to the coast and set up for that day trip and really soak into that time. So it feels very special and big to me, and I like that. But trust me, when I need to, I will just go to the little creek right behind my apartment, and it is 
just as good, just as wonderful, just as potent. It's the intention behind it, not so much the bigness or the grandeur around it. Feel free to let me know what your rituals are for the full moon and releasing. I would love to be inspired by some new ideas. And if you don't have a practice, is that something that you would like to bring into your life? There doesn't necessarily have to be a ritual around it. Simply writing down, oh, it's the full moon. Okay, in these next couple of weeks, what am I releasing? What am I letting go? What am I loosening my grip upon? Something that has also come through for me, and just as a tidbit here, I can't remember when this came through as a message or how it came across. It doesn't have to be big work to let it go or to release. It doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to work at it. Change the mindset instead to just letting it go and letting it fall away with ease. Okay, to the topic of the podcast today, at the altar of your own inner knowing, I see this and hear this come up all the time, even in my own previous experience, and it's different now, which is why I can speak about it. There's an inner knowing and a voice that we hear in our own mind. Sometimes, on rare occasions, my guess is that it sounds like it comes from outside of us or beyond us. Usually, it's in our own head. Usually, it sounds like our own voice. And this is part of the reason that it gets mixed up, muddled up, with all the other things going on in the mind. The mind, for most adults, is an incredibly messy place. There are many people who struggle with their own intuition and hearing their own intuition or inner knowing. You could use either of those those words, intuition or inner knowing. I hear a lot of people say, yeah, but I don't have an intuition. I don't hear my intuition. I don't feel it. Well, I think I do, but how do I know that that's really it? It can feel like a frustrating place to be when you want to have this relationship with your own self, when you want the wisdom of your intuition, but feel like you have no connection to it, that you can't hear it or feel it. Number one, trust that it is there. I assure you, If you are a human being on this planet right now, yes, you have that intuition and inner knowing. It is with you at all times and available to you at all times. And two, yes, you can begin to hear it clearer and louder and perhaps with more confidence than you currently do. Begin by acknowledging that, yes, I do. If you're in a place where you feel that it's not there for you, this isn't true. It is. It is and always is, always has been. Trust this, acknowledge this, and then go another step. Honor this. You could even say, I trust my intuition and my inner knowing I don't feel really clear about it, but I trust that it's there. Thank you. Thank you for having always been here in my life, even if I feel, I believe that I can't hear you. I know you're there. I trust that you're there. 
something that may not get spoken about a lot because there's probably a lot of articles or guides about how to get clearer and connect with your intuition, but less so about, well, what happened in the first place? Did I do something wrong? Did I mess this up? Did it go away because I did something wrong or bad or messed up? No. Again, it's always with you. It does not leave. It doesn't leave you. It is a part of you. It is you. It is you. So what happened? Why is it that there's a disconnect between the inner knowing and the mind? From what I can see, what I've observed and also working with clients is that people, and I also used to do this, so please know that, (laughs) that we ask for guidance, that we ask for those messages from intuition. We want the guidance from our inner self, our highest self, but because it sounds like it's in our own mind, because it sounds so internal and big point Because it's quiet and doesn't scream. If you hear a voice screaming, it's not intuition. It's not inner knowing. It's very quiet and usually will only come up a couple of times. If there are voices that you hear in your head that are like, ah, and like calling for attention and demanding things, probably not the intuition. Back to what I was saying, we ask for the guidance. But then we do several things. When we hear it, we dismiss it. We argue against it. We rationalize away from it. We ask other people what they think about it. And we doubt it. All of these are ways that you disconnect yourself from your own intuition. Maybe from hearing it or from really listening to the guidance, even if you hear it, that you're not taking the action on the guidance received, on the messages received. If it has been our practice for years and years and decades, perhaps, for asking for guidance, for wanting to know, and then doing these things, dismissing, arguing against, rationalizing, asking others, doubting, it diminishes our ability to hear. It's not that intuition, the inner knowing goes away and leaves. It's that we disconnect our own selves from the capacity to hear it. And if we do hear it, to act upon it. Let's talk about each one of these. The first one being dismissing it. You hear the guidance, but then toss it aside and say, yeah, but... mm." Or as I mentioned before, because it's a soft and quiet voice, we feel like it needs to be bigger. We feel like it needs to be a scream, a huge sign in our world that tells us. So if it's not big enough, loud enough, we dismiss it. We can dismiss it if it's not what we want to hear. If it's something that we're not ready to take action on, that we can feel is part of our truth. But there's another part of us that says, no, I'm not, I can't do that. Or I don't like that. I don't like what I'm hearing. We'll just flick it away. We can argue against it. 
This can tie in with if we don't like what we hear, instead of just dismissing it, arguing against it, having a conflict and saying, oh really, how am I supposed to do that? With all of this going on, how am I supposed to do that? Or how is that going to work? That's going to be really hard. You'll definitely hear it as a, yeah, but... I think I said that for the other one for dismissing. That's really arguing against it. Yeah, but... Yeah, I heard you, but here are all my reasons and defenses and arguments why not. Like, I hear you, inner knowing, but I don't want to listen to you because the mind is taking over now and it's the one that's in control and it's got a lot of things to say about what you just said, which brings us into rationalizing away from. Most people like to have control in their life and in... (laughs) many different relationships, and control helps us to feel safe and comfortable. Like, okay, I've got it together. I've got it under control. I can predict it. It feels safe. Okay. The mind likes to control things. It has a system. It has a process. It has a certain way of being in the world. And the things that don't check out with it or fall in line... It says, "Mm, no, the mind is also there to keep all of those fears, those things that you are afraid of from coming up. You're not going to have to deal with it. The mind will rationalize it away and take care of that for you. If you hear inner guidance and intuition and it sounds different, it sounds maybe a little crazy, perhaps sounds like something that you weren't expecting. It sounds like something that might be a big shift for you or feel like a big shift. It doesn't even have to be a big shift, but in your mind, feel like a big shift. The mind can take over and say, we're going to chop this apart. We're going to take this apart bit by bit by bit and dissect it, analyze it, run it through our rationalization of the quote unquote real world. And if it doesn't make it through the other end, well, no, just no. The mind can pretty much destroy and tear down a lot of hopes, thoughts, dreams that we have. And it can also just rip apart that inner knowing, that highest self voice coming through. The mind can come in and say, I uh, mm -mm. let's take a look here. Because the mind is used to being in control It's really not welcoming this guidance from the inner knowing. Inner knowing is beyond the mind and cannot always be understood with the mind, but with the heart. Running it through the gauntlet of the mind, as I said, probably not going to make it out the other side. It is beyond the mind, but the mind can shred it to pieces. The next one is asking others their opinions about the inner knowing or intuition that you received. What is it that we think somebody else will have to offer? Why is it that we're taking our truest self, the messages of our highest, highest self that are coming down and through to us and speaking to us and then doing them the dishonor of saying, yeah, I hear you, but... I don't really know if I should listen to you. I I want 
I want to see if somebody else will vouch for this. Just hearing that message isn't enough for me. I need to ask somebody else about this and what they think about what the inner knowing just said. I need to get their opinion. I need to know if I'm crazy. I need to know if it sounds realistic. I need to know if it sounds like a good idea. Or maybe I just need somebody to to say yes. And, And if somebody else also says yes, that sounds good, yes, okay, then I know that I can trust my own inner knowing. I got that stamp of approval from somebody else. And the last one I had on my list was doubt. We hear a message. We hear that voice. And maybe we listened. Maybe we lit up. Maybe we could feel its truth resonate throughout the body. Maybe it even had a feeling, a visceral feeling with it. And we say, oh. And we light up with that. We hear it. We trust it. We're lit up. Yes. And then the doubt comes in. Maybe two seconds later, maybe a day or two later. And if left unchecked, that doubt can completely squelch the inner voice. And whatever it was that we had heard, the message come through, we know it, we felt it. Yes, doubt will just erode it. Like a sandpaper scrubbing it away. Or like a chisel and hammer knocking off huge chunks. Our doubt doesn't serve. Doubt can be the downfall. I remember when I first started going into my own Akashic record and was hearing all these messages. And this isn't the only way to hear your inner voice and messages. I hear my intuition so much clearer now for a number of reasons, but it's not always because I'm in my Akashic record. It comes through and I've learned to listen and trust that voice. I hear it and I say, okay, I heard that. But when I was going into my Akashic record almost on a daily basis when I was first starting this in the summer, one of the first messages that came through, do not doubt, do not doubt. If you hear and observe the doubting thoughts that are nibbling away at these delicious dreams, you must shoo them away. And I heard (laughs) it was a sound Um, making like a, and I'm sorry if this makes a horrible sound into the microphone, but like a, just like shooing them away in a very forceful exhale sound out of the mouth and even doing a motion with the arm and the hand to dispel it, to instantly dispel and disperse, to say, get out of here. You have no place in my mind right now. I listen and I trust the guidance that I receive. Doubt, don't need you. And I love that it was so physical, that it was so vocal. They brought it up a couple of times when I was in my record to do this, to do this practice, to get in the habit of hearing the doubt and dispelling it, that it was never going to serve me. So I highly recommend this as a practice for you as well if you find that doubt is something that disconnects you from your inner knowing. Part of the process of getting clearer messages and clearer guidance that you can hear is simply observing all of these things. Did I just hear something and did I just now dismiss it? 
Did I hear something? And am I now finding myself in a conversation with a trusted friend asking them about it? And instead, notice and acknowledge what comes up for you. And I would actually say it out loud. I would vocalize it because these things are happening in the head or what feels like in the head, right? The mind and also inner knowing, that voice of inner knowing. It feels like it's in the head. Nothing is actually being expressed externally. So I would externally say, express from the inside to the outside, oh, I just heard such and such and such. And I'm immediately wanting to rationalize this with my mind and argue with this and also acknowledge what you heard. Acknowledge it in whatever name feels good to you. Highest self, intuition, inner knowing, wise mind. I heard you say this, 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 and this. Thank you. I heard that. That might be all you need to do. Acknowledge that you heard it outwardly, and then also acknowledge what you're doing with that. As that practice grows, you may find the messages are coming through cleaner, clearer. You can hear them and distinguish them easier, and that it's not necessarily easier, or maybe, but a more easeful path on taking action on that inner guidance. Part of that was a tip that I got from Shaman Durek. I heard him saying, to say to spirit, thank you, I heard that. Or thank you, I felt that. And to say it out loud. I think this is an incredible practice because this creates a relationship. If someone says something to you, you say or give some indication back to them that you heard that, that you acknowledge that, that you listened and understood. It's part of being a good listener. We can cultivate those same practices with our own inner voice, with our intuition. We want it. We want it. Some, sometimes we desperately want it and need it. And then, as if we were in a bad relationship, completely dismiss and negate it and all of it and rationalize it all away. Like nothing it ever said was important because the mind is like, no, 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 no. Let us come into right relationship with our own inner knowing. Begin this as a practice and see where it takes you. I know for myself, messages definitely come through clearer and louder, and they feel louder. They, I don't think that they necessarily, I don't think that they necessarily are louder. It just feels like they're louder because I don't have so much other noise in the mind of arguing with it. So I hear it and I say, thank you. And I trust it. I'm at the point now where I trust what I hear. And down the road, if you find that you're somebody who doubts or argues against, that's it's down the road for you for sure. But in the beginning, before there's trust, cultivate that really solid relationship and you'll get to that place of trust. Cultivating this relationship brings you to the altar of your own inner knowing, respecting it, listening to it, acknowledging and honoring it because it is you. It's a way of honoring and acknowledging your own self, your highest self. 
And speaking of the full moon and releasing, it's a release practice that the mind doesn't always have every single say in our life. That this is something beyond the mind. And that is a beautiful thing. We want this. Because the mind has a lot of limitations. As brilliant as it is, as advanced as we are as humans because of the mind, it definitely has its limitations. And we want that higher wisdom to come through. Over time and developing this relationship, altering the inner knowing, you hear it, you act on it, you trust it, and it's a beautiful place from which to live. Operating from the highest self in collaboration with the mind, not just dominated by the mind. It, it truly is a beautiful place. Thank you all for your time. Thank you all for your support. Be well, and I will connect with you again soon. Remember that spirit guides but never decides. How will you choose this hour, this day, this week at the altar of your life? Thank you so much for listening. If you feel called, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share it. Also, connect with me and discover more on Instagram at Amaryllis underscore Fernandez. Until next time.